You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you're a 415 you're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back into the 415ers podcast. Evan Giddings and Mark Randy with you, as always, coming at you three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Mark, it's a Wednesday. It's a hump day. What's going on, man? How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well, Evan. Good to be back with you for another edition of the podcast, another uh, you know week after a win. Things are feeling good over in Ninerland. Uh you know, another road game coming up. They're out on the East Coast still. We're, of course, still here in San Francisco. Um, you know, the name of the podcast, obviously, the 415ers. We will always be here in San Francisco. But the Niners hanging out East and uh, looking forward to another uh, game out on the East Coast. And we will get a morning game now out here uh, in San Francisco. 10 o'clock kick in, in Atlanta against the Falcons. So looking forward to another week of Niner football. Yeah, we are always settled here in the Bay. You, as a listener, should download, rate, and subscribe and give us five stars every single time uh, you hop on the 415ers page wherever you download your podcasts. Uh, a couple of notes before we get into the nitty-gritty, Mark. Um, 49ers updated today. We'll find out throughout this week, and, of course, we'll update you on Friday who might and might not be playing based on, of course, the amount of injuries, uh, the amount of players that will have to be plugged in for those injuries, as well as potentially some guys who are coming back. Um, but 49ers today on Wednesday, or at least yesterday, pardon me, on Tuesday, released Marlon Mack. Uh, the era is over after two games, along with a fumble recovery for him. What a great uh, they, era it was. <laughs> uh, short-lived, but we appreciate the contribution, <laughs> as always. They signed defensive tackle T.Y. McGill, uh, so that's really the only thing we have to update the roster on for right now. Um so the question that, that I sort of wanted to start with today, Mark, and it was spurred by – the Steiny Guru Show from 12 to 3 on 95.7 The Game. They had our Odyssey NFL insider Ross Tucker on, who kind of mentioned when asked specifically about Jimmy Garoppolo and what is on the horizon for the 49ers as far as this season, as well as the future is concerned, of course, with Trey Land sideline for the year. He mentioned something in this quote that I thought was really interesting. The fact that he said, quote, there will be no more preconceived notions in San Francisco as it pertains to the quarterback situation. And his hypothetical was essentially, look, if the 49ers are able to get to the playoffs, which we all believe them to be able to do, if they make another deep run in the playoffs like they've done uh, two out of the past three years, and specifically to the conference championship game, it would be very difficult to try and sell both the fan base as well as the organization, the actual players on the roster, a move at the quarterback position. And so I just thought we'd kind of start there and, and ping pong this around. Like, 
I mean, is that a fair you know, statement to make as far as the future of the quarterback for the 49ers if Jimmy Garoppolo helps this team get back to where they did last year? I don't know. It's a tough, it's a really, really difficult thing to try to, you know, work your way through because, you know, on one hand, you have a team that's that's had success. They've been to a Super Bowl. They've been to an NFC Championship game. Um, I guess technically two NFC Championship games, winning one, losing the other. And, you know, and I know Ross Tucker's point was, well, if they get back to that point again this year, how could you possibly think anyone else that you could reasonably get your hands on as your starting quarterback could do a better job than Jimmy Garoppolo? And I I fully understand that point, but I think we're kind of getting a little bit of tunnel vision here because, I mean, the story after week three, you know, that that horrible loss in Denver where Jimmy Garoppolo played arguably his worst game as an NFL quarterback. Like it was, it was not pretty at one of the worst, you know, quarterback games from both sides that we've seen in the NFL in a really long time. And the story then just a few short weeks ago was, Oh my God, Jimmy Garoppolo is nowhere near the quarterback that he needs to be to help this 49ers team. And now just two games later, two wins later, and albeit good performances later, specifically week five in Carolina Jimmy Garoppolo played a whole lot better, but just two weeks later, the the conversation has entirely shifted and it's about, oh my God, this guy, you know, the Niners never should have moved off of him. He's the future of the, of the Niners, because if he's going to get you back deep into the playoffs, how could you possibly move off of him? I, I am, am not one to really partake in this conversation. I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo is the future of this team. Uh, I mean, you could talk about contracts. You could talk about, you know, the way the roster is set up and, and constructed. Uh, it's not ready to support, you know, a quarterback that's not on a rookie deal or not on an extremely lowered number like this Jimmy Garoppolo uh, contract is, despite the fact that, you know, he's getting bonuses every time he starts and every time he wins games. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that this is uh, – Jimmy Garoppolo's future. I imagine he's treating this like kind of a tryout. Other someone else is going to sign him in in the off season, and and that'll be the end of it. Uh, I, I think there's no way that Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers also uh, go into another season where they have have yet to learn what Trey Lance is. At some point, you're going to have to just bite the bullet and do it. Maybe it makes you a worse team in the short term. But but in the long term, it's it's something that you're going to have to do to to try to benefit your team. I just I I I do not buy the idea that Jimmy Garoppolo is the is suddenly the future of this team because a bad Jimmy game is going to come at some point. It's going to come, and suddenly the conversation is going to shift. Oh yeah, this was why he's not good enough to win a Super Bowl. This was why the 49ers tried to move off of him. Uh, but you know we're just you know, we're, we're, we're creatures of habit. We, we see what he did recently. And, you know, we think to ourselves, Whoa, he, he, he might be enough for this team, but I, I, I don't see it. I really don't. Yeah. And in all likelihood, that game is not going to come this weekend against Atlanta, or at least you certainly hope that it wouldn't. <laughs> the issue is that those games tend to come against teams of quality, teams that have good defenses, teams that you will see, once you get to the playoffs and as we sort of tossed around the moment that Trey Lance went down and Jimmy had to become the starter was look, 
you can almost pencil this team into the playoffs now because the floor has risen for the 49ers. The question is always what the ceiling is going to be for yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's where I stray a little way, a little far away from, from Ross Tucker and, and his kind of, it, it didn't seem like he was suggesting it, but he mentioned the fact that you might, you know, move off of Trey if Jimmy G can get you to a place, you know, that you want to go as far as the title game, a Super Bowl, hopefully even further than that. Right. I don't think you can even think about moving off of Trey Lance. Whether Jimmy G is there in the future or not, I would certainly be open to the conversation, depending on how this season goes, of bringing Jimmy Garoppolo back. But to me, that's more of a ball that's in his court as opposed to the 49ers because of what he's going to probably make for himself this offseason as an impending free agent. So if there was any sort of mutual, you know, uh, you know, want between each other of coming back, I think I'd be more open to that conversation. But if it's at the cost of Trey Lance or the cost of, you know, like you mentioned, the future with what Trey could be, then I'd have to reevaluate some things. So do you, when you say the ball is in Jimmy Garoppolo's court, are you, are you saying whether or not he would be willing to come back again as a backup quarterback? No, just come back as a quarterback, and then you run things like normal, which is, Trey, you got to beat him out. Interesting. Um, maybe he would be interested in that. I, I do think that the other factor when you're talking about you know, what Jimmy Garoppolo might want, I would say at the top of the list is you know, uh, a chance to be a starting quarterback, and, and maybe he has a better chance elsewhere. Um, I mean, we've seen just through five weeks, there are some pitiful, pitiful quarterback situations around the NFL right now. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo could easily be starting five other places at the moment. Um, you know, more injuries are going to happen. You never know what the offseason is going to to, you know, what what will happen in the offseason. But I think the other area in which um, this could interest Jimmy Garoppolo is. Where else do you think he he could perform better than in San Francisco? I mean, it's a system he knows, and you know maybe it's just a case of what we don't know. Maybe he would be great in other systems with other teams with other head other head coaches. But it does seem like Kyle Shanahan has the ability to get the best out of Jimmy Garoppolo. He has proven that he can at least win a lot of regular season games and win some postseason games here and there with this system, with this you know roster, with this coaching staff. If I'm Jimmy Garoppolo and everything else is equal, I have a chance to be a starter everywhere else. I think there's no doubt he'd want to return, but I think where the decision may ultimately be made is that he's probably not going to be given an opportunity, in my opinion, to be this this team starter next year because the Niners are treating this as if their starting quarterback, Trey Lance, got hurt, and when he gets healthy, he will be playing again. That's the way I understand the situation. I think that's the way it will shake out. Maybe a Super Bowl win by Jimmy Garoppolo changes things, um, but I, I think he probably has a better chance of starting elsewhere, and I would imagine that's what he cares about most. And I think your logic is reasonable. The only thing that I would combat it with is this last offseason. Like, all of those things that you just mentioned are things that were prevalent yeah, but, in I March mean- of 2021. But the the idea is that he's not going to have shoulder surgery this offseason. I mean, maybe he he would, but in this scenario, I think it's it's a healthy offseason for Jimmy Garoppolo, and therefore he has more suitors. So, yeah, certainly. You know that, that that could be, you know, reality. I'm I'm just saying, like 
This offseason has told me that I'm not going to expect anything from Kyle, from John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, from John Lynch, from Jimmy Garoppolo, just because like whether the shoulder surgery was the key factor or not, like you mentioned, there's a lot of bad quarterbacks right now and a few of them on teams that Jimmy Garoppolo could have been a part of. So, and, and, you know, and, and again, like the dollar figure is going to factor into this as well, as far as where he can and can't go. And, and, you're going to have to pay Nick Bosa this offseason. You've already paid Debo. You've already got a lot of big players and core players under contract. So maybe it's just not even feasible to bring him back monetarily speaking. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of it is going to depend. Of, uh, uh, so first of all, I think the decision is out of the 49ers' hands. As you mentioned, it's, you know, the ball is in Garoppolo's court. Uh, he could obviously decide everything, even if he gets paid a lot of money. If he really wants to return to the San Francisco 49ers, he could take less money to return and and play here, potentially not even be the starter. Like, it's there. But even after Jimmy Garoppolo's decision, um, other teams have, you know, a decision to make before the Niners have an opportunity. Because, of course, the Niners are not going to be paying Jimmy Garoppolo a large sum of money when they already have a quarterback on their roster that, you know, regardless of what you think of Trey Lance, regardless of whether you think he's a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo, regardless of, of whether you think he gives the 49ers a better or worse chance to win than Jimmy Garoppolo does, regardless of your feelings about these two quarterbacks, the Niners have told you, over and over and over and over again, even when Jimmy Garoppolo was still on the roster before and after the contract restructure, Trey Lance is our starter. He's our quarterback. He's the future of this franchise. Jimmy Garoppolo is the backup. So, I mean, moving forward, I'm, I'm taking them at their word that, that that will continue. If Jimmy Garoppolo happens to still be on the roster next year, it will be as the backup. But this is the issue, is that their actions have been different than their words, at least to me. Like, you can come out and say that Trey Lance is our QB1, and then two weeks later you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo to be the backup. In my mind, although this is the best scenario for Jimmy, short-term, long-term, in order to make money in the future and still potentially be a starting quarterback, I think also part of the reason that he was still there in the first place is because Maybe he thought he could beat out Trey Lance at some point this season. Injury aside, like I think that also factors in too. So, look, Kyle Shanahan can say publicly what he wants, but to me, throughout the offseason, towards the end, preseason, like his actions didn't scream to me that this is ultimately and unequivocally our guy. I think he is. And, well, he should be. He should be based on how much you gave up for him. He should be, but there are a lot of signs. And if you kind of read between the lines, read the tea leaves that they're leaving room for potential, you know, if this thing goes sideways, I, I just, I, I don't want to put it off the table uh, and say, you know, all right, no doubt in my mind, hundred percent, like this is the way it's going to work out. Okay. Let me ask you a question then, because I think what Kyle Shanahan should be acting on you know, maybe this seems selfish, but, you know, he he's a guy that wants to keep his job. He should be acting in his own self-interest. Generally speaking, what is best for him is best for the team. You know, the team does well. Shanahan does well, generally speaking. 
So let's let's think about this for a second. Let's assume that Shanahan is acting in his own best interest, self-preservation. He's trying to you know make sure that he is as secure in his job as possible. What looks worse for Kyle Shanahan? Jimmy Garoppolo leads this team to the NFC Championship again. They lose, but he has you know a successful season. No one else wants him. Whatever the situation comes, he re-signs with the San Francisco 49ers. And he, once again, is their starting quarterback. For whatever reason, Shanahan and the 49ers decide, Trey Lance, I'm sorry, you're not ready. In this situation, let's assume that he's fully healed. Uh, you know, his, his, his ankle's fine. He's ready to go. But Kyle Shanahan decides to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo. Is that worse then in the same situation, Trey Lance is the starting quarterback next year. What is worse? What brings more fire down on Kyle Shanahan? Either basically admitting that everything you had previously thought and said about Trey Lance was wrong, a lie. You said that Trey Lance is the starter. He gives you a great chance to win. He's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is a backup. Trey Lance is our starter. Is it worse admitting that or... Is it worse to move off of a quarterback who just led you to consecutive NFC championship games and you went to the NFC championship game three of the last four years? Before I answer that question, I want to remind everyone to download, rate, and subscribe (laughs) to the 415ers podcast because you get conversations like this three days a week on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. I'm on Twitter, Addy Giddings 10. Mark is on Twitter, at Mark Grandy. Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. Okay, I think what is in Kyle Shanahan's best interest, regardless of who his quarterback is, and maybe this is where we differ, is to win football (laughs) games. Well, that's a given. Who is right now the best person situated to do that? That's Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, next year, that, that that might change. But... I believe Kyle Shanahan thinks that he can win like nine, 10 games with Jimmy as his quarterback in the regular season without much of an effort. And I think that moving forward, the goal is to make sure that you can win not only nine to 10 games, but then win three to four more come playoff time. That's the next evolution. That's the next thing that everyone wants to see from Shanahan. I think he's proved that he can win with a viable quarterback in the regular season. The question is, can he with hopefully what Trey Lance can be, get you to a Super Bowl? That's what people are going to base his tenure in San Francisco off of. So whatever gets him closer to that, to me, it like if if they won the Super Bowl this year, Mark, you really think people would care about him giving up three picks for Trey Lance? Uh, I mean, I, I guess I guess that brings us to you know, kind of the the next topic in general is is did the 49ers, you know, was trading up in the twenty twenty one NFL draft the wrong move to 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 select a quarterback, whoever it was? I mean, to your question, you know, if they win a Super Bowl, is anyone going to care? about Trey Lance and whether or not he's the starter. I would argue, you know, yes, obviously, you know, the fan base and, and everyone in the 49ers would be happy that the, the team won a Super Bowl, would be happy that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo played well enough to win. But at the same time, you, you need to take 
everything into account here. The fact that Kyle Shanahan openly admitted, you know, you know, verbally and just by his actions that Jimmy Garoppolo is not good enough to win, to be our starting quarterback moving forward. And that he invested a big chunk of the team's future in Trey Lance. And you deciding, you know, that he suddenly doesn't give you the best chance to win is, you know, what? Admitting that he was wrong about everything about Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance? Like, I know you just won a Super Bowl and and you're feeling good about yourself and you're feeling good about the team, but I would be hesitant to to make a move like that to openly admit to my my boss and my superiors and everyone who was looking at me to make all these important football decisions that I made the wrong decision, the wrong one, one, to even trade up for a new quarterback, and then two, in selecting potentially the wrong guy. I mean, I do not want to be in that position if I'm Kyle Shanahan. Oddly enough, winning a Super Bowl, while of course you want it, it's going to put him into an extremely awkward predicament going into next season because what what could you possibly do you start Jimmy Garoppolo and everyone is going to be mad at you for trading up for a new quarterback and drafting Trey Lance you start Trey Lance everyone is going to yell at you for benching a Super Bowl winning quarterback or moving on from a Super Bowl winning quarterback obviously the Niners want to win a Super Bowl but if they win this Super Bowl it's going to be the weirdest offseason in the weirdest 2022 uh, 2023 season for Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I, I think that we're just looking at this from a glass half empty situation. Whereas to me, I think Kyle would look at it as a win win, where he would frame it as, all right, you know, now I got the choice, right? I got, you know, a successful quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo, who I know I can do some things with, and I got a bright future in Trey Lance. And To me, I I don't think that one necessarily to Kyle Shanahan signals this was, you know, wrong. This was bad. Like to me, to answer the question that that's on the prompt for those of you listening on on the on the audio version only, you can also check us out on YouTube. Each every single episode is going to be posted. Um, Did they make the wrong move at the time? No, because like you mentioned in. You know, the 2019 Super Bowl, Jimmy Garoppolo and his limitations couldn't get you past a team with a dynamic quarterback. That was the sole piece of your team that you were missing potentially to win a Super Bowl. A lot of people still feel that way, and understandably so. But I also think Kyle Shanahan is in a constant place of reevaluation. And if you decide that, hey, you know what, what I did wasn't wasn't ideal. Trey isn't moving along as quickly as we, we thought he would. And to be honest, if you spend three first round picks or two, however you cut the math two first round picks for a quarterback, and he's not, you know, giving you signs that this was the right choice by, I would say the second year, there's already going to be some red flags up. I think he's maybe if we're talking about self-interest, the question then becomes, okay, well then how can I survive this? And to him, the way to do that is to win whether it's with Trey Lance or without Trey Lance, you need to reassure the fan base that your better judgment is going to lead to the ultimate goal, which is winning football games every single Sunday. So I think he's figured out, okay, this year, 
Trey Lance is out. I'm not going to have that, you know, decision to make between whether I stick with Trey, go to Jimmy, you know, whether, you know, Jimmy even sees the field, all this good stuff. Jimmy, Jimmy's the quarterback. Jimmy now has a chance to win and Kyle Shanahan to prove that he can with a backup quarterback, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or not, win you football games. Then next year, the whole circus starts over again of, okay, well, Jimmy's, he might be gone. He might not be, depending on how the season shapes out. Trey Lance is still the guy for the future, but still, like, if there are signs that Trey Lance, who's not going to have, you know, a super long offseason, it's going to be abbreviated because of the injury. Trey Lance shows signs that he still hasn't progressed to the point where Kyle Shanahan wants him to be. I do think there's a scenario where he survives that. And so that's why I do think as much as making the move to trade up for a quarterback to trade for the type of quarterback that Trey Lance is purported to be was the right move in 2021. I can also see Kyle Shanahan being the type of guy who's already in a weird way, sort of reworked the wheel with the quarterback scenario this season, something that we have not seen before in NFL history to also then be the guy that says, you know what? I might have been wrong. This may not have been the right pick, but I can still prove to you that I can win football games and be the head coach for the Niners for a very long time. I will say, I think that what, and I think we kind of danced around this. I think what will happen this off season, almost regardless of what the 49ers do and how much success Jimmy Garoppolo has is he will sign elsewhere and the decision will be out of Kyle Shanahan's hands. I'm I'm relatively confident that Trey Lance will be the team starter next year and Jimmy Garoppolo will not be the backup or you know it, it won't be Garoppolo v Lance whatever the situation is. I'm I'm relatively confident of that. And you know to to, to your the question that you're answering there that you know was it wrong for Kyle Shanahan considering you know what we know now about Jimmy Garoppolo. He's looked really good the last 2 weeks. Should the Niners not have traded up for Jimmy or for Trey Lance in the 2021 NFL draft? I will unequivocally say they absolutely should have. Kyle Shanahan made the right decision. You have to look at, you know, a larger sample size. Jimmy Garoppolo played well the last two weeks. Week three against the Broncos was terrible. There will be bad Jimmy. He will show his face again. Unfortunately, it's just the quarterback that he is. He will probably make a, a bad mistake, a bad throw. He, he, he'll he stay too long in the pocket, won't get the ball out, take a bad sack to force him out of field goal range in the fourth quarter of a playoff game. Something like that will happen this season. It, has what, it is what has happened to Jimmy Garoppolo the last number of seasons when he's been healthy for the 49ers. He's just good enough to get you, you know, a playoff win or two in a year. And, and then after just that, good enough. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good problem to have, obviously. But I mean, he's also playing with the best defense in the NFL. He has really good weapons. He has a head coach who can turn Jeff Wilson Jr. into a 100 yard rusher every week. I mean, this is a perfect, a dream scenario for quarterbacks. And Jimmy Garoppolo, unfortunately, just is not good enough to win a Super Bowl, even with a dream situation. So, yes, trading up in the 2021 NFL draft was unequivocally the right decision for Kyle Shanahan. And frankly, Trey Lance's performance, whether or not he's a good quarterback or not, does not change that answer. It was and always will be the right decision to trade up for a quarterback in the 2021 NFL draft. 
You can make the case they drafted the wrong guy. You should have drafted someone else, Justin Fields or Mac Jones or whoever you want. Anyone else other than Trey Lance, you can make that case. But moving up and getting a new quarterback was not wrong. It will never be wrong. And this 49ers team, considering all the money they have locked up elsewhere, you mentioned Nick Bosa, who's going to get paid this offseason, this offseason coming up. Debo Samuel just got paid. George Kittle got paid. Trent Williams is the best player in the NFL. He is making a ton of money. There is no way that you can convince me that the Niners' decision to trade up and select a quarterback in the 2021 NFL draft was wrong, partly because of the way the roster is set up and partly because Jimmy Garoppolo, unfortunately, is not good enough to win you a Super Bowl. Sure, fine. But then the question becomes, would Trey Lance have been available if you didn't trade up? Because I think that's the next question a lot of people will be asking, depending on how Trey Lance, what he becomes or what he doesn't become. There's no way Trey Lance would have been available. Maybe Mac Jones, but not Trey Lance. So Kyle Shanahan traded two first-round picks, three first-round picks for the right to select the third-best quarterback in a draft. Yes. And that is the right call. It was was the right call to – so – you can you can argue with Kyle Shanahan maybe about his ability to identify what quarterback he wanted, identify what quarterback is good. But when it comes to trying to select a franchise quarterback, a, a player that changes the course of your organization for years to come, you do not want to leave it up to chance and leave it up to you know, the decisions of other franchises. You want the decisions, you you want the decision yourself. Now, maybe they made the wrong decision, but the process of trading up with the Miami Dolphins to take the third pick in the draft and take a quarterback, you knew it was not Trevor Lawrence. You knew it was not Zach Wilson. You had your pick of the other three first-round quarterbacks, top 10 potential quarterbacks, top 15 pick overall quarterbacks. You had your choice. And trading away those, you know, three first round picks to have your pick of the litter from those three guys, absolutely it is worth the risk. I I don't know if I can go that far yet, just because I think it does matter what the player becomes. Like I, I do think it does. And that's why I also think that Shanahan is trying to set things up for himself, as we talked about at the beginning of this podcast in self-preservation for if that pick does not work out. Because if you spend that much capital to go get that person and you are wrong, people will call for heads to roll. That's the way that the business works in sports and particularly in football. Which is what I was saying. So why would Kyle Shanahan be willing to admit that to everyone earlier than he had to by not, again, starting Trey Lance next year? Because... I think that if there's a, I don't think Jimmy's going to be back next year just because one, I don't think they'll be able to afford him. Two, uh, the the circus that we saw this year, um, I mean, I, I don't know. Kyle Shannon doesn't really care about the media, but to me, there, there's just too many different distractions for the locker room itself to overcome, uh, especially if Jimmy does what we expect him to do, which is take this team to the playoffs. Um, but I do think that 
if if for some reason he's back next year, like you just continue to kick the can down the road. Like I know you talked about how uh, it was in a previous episode, but Trey Lance coming up in his third year, like there, there's a you know a shorter window for him to prove what he is. Well, if he's never really given the chance to show what he is or isn't, um, or isn't put in as much of a position to, to succeed, like. I just feel like Shanahan is, he's always got a trap door somewhere and he is as much trying to figure out how he can win as much as how I could survive potentially my quarterback not working out for me. And I mean, I think it's kind of unfair to say that, that Trey Lance has been a bust at this point because we just haven't seen enough of him, but Kyle Shanahan and the way that he used Trey in his first couple of games showed me that he didn't have full confidence in him and certainly not as much confidence as he does in Jimmy Garoppolo, which for all of his limitations and deficiencies, as you've laid out throughout this podcast, uh, that, that also says a lot to me. Like you trust the guy that quote that you said couldn't win the Super Bowl more than your guy who's supposed to be able to win you a Super Bowl in the future. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think where Kyle Shanahan, you know, cause I, I think that, that, past episode that you're referencing was was when I talked about you know kind of a similar line as, as this episode Kyle Shanahan kind of you know going into self-preservation mode you know if he you know if it becomes known that Trey Lance is not good and, and not a starting uh, you know caliber quarterback in the NFL Kyle Shanahan will get blowback for that because he's the guy who invested all of these picks in Trey Lance so if I'm Kyle Shanahan why was I so gung-ho on starting hit this guy Trey Lance who you who, who Shanahan basically admitted to everyone via his play calling for Trey Lance's first two starts this year clearly wasn't ready to start and to re- ready to fully grasp this offense why would I do that if I'm Kyle Shanahan that does not make a ton of sense to me and I think he would be kind of doubling down on that mistake if he still felt like Trey Lance wasn't ready in future years so I don't know it's it's kind of a conundrum and, and a predicament for the 49ers. It's probably one that most teams and coaches uh, would want to have because they're a team that, despite all of this, has been relatively successful the last number of years. And it looks like they're on pace to do that again this year. Who knows what the future holds beyond this season? Um, it, it's it's a unique, a really, really unique problem, but it is certainly a, a problem and a predicament, and I'm sure one that, that keeps Kyle Shanahan, you know, up at night sometimes because I, there's it's not like there's anyone he can go for to advice, you know, for advice because this situation just has simply not happened before. Yeah, it's not like he has a dad that was a former NFL head coach or anything. Well, he can ask him in general, but not <laughs> oh, specific advice Sorry, for this does. kind of yeah. situation. No, I, I know what you're saying. Uh, reminder to everyone: go subscribe, download, and rate the Four One Fivers podcast. Evan Giddings and Mark Randy with you every single week, three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Odyssey Sports Podcast Network, all that good stuff. Well, if we're switching back to this season and specifically the goal of Shanahan, which is to win, right? Trey Lance is out the window. We'll get to that, and I'm sure we'll talk about it on future episodes a lot. But right now, something that Actually, on your show, Mark, that I heard floated, uh, Damon Arado, every single weekday from 3 to 6 p.m., Peter King comes on as a weekly guest, and as one of the most tapped-in, respected journalists in the NFL, you know, he was kind of, you guys were 
kicking around the idea about Christian McCaffrey and would the Carolina Panthers be sellers and the fact that, you know, there, he was rumored to be um, in Carolina was rumored to be in trade talks with the Buffalo bills about Christian McCaffrey. Well, the value that was sort of floated on your show was a second and a fourth round pick. If that's the case, we don't know it to be true, but if a second and a fourth is on the table for one Christian McCaffrey, for a running back, one of the most dynamic players in football, at a position that although Jeff Wilson Jr. has done a nice job of shoring up in the stead of Elijah Mitchell, is a position that the 49ers have been depleted in throughout Kyle Shanahan's tenure. You have a chance to get him. Is that a deal that you make? Uh, my answer is no. I do not want the San Francisco 49ers to trade for Christian McCaffrey. Um, I, I think there are You don't few... want to bring him back to Palo Alto? <laughs> he had a lot of success down there. That's down on the farm. He was dominant. South Bay, I should say, yeah. <laughs> he was dominant. Um, I no, I, I don't think so. While, you know, in a vacuum, would he make this 49ers offense better? Yes, he would. He's the most dynamic offensive weapon in football. He's as good of a receiver as he is a running back, and he's a really good running back. Um, I one, it's 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 a question of money. Um, you know. Are the 49ers going to be able to, you know, give Bosa every penny that he deserves to keep, you know, everyone else around? There's the question of, you know, we've spent the first 35 minutes of this podcast debating the future of the quarterback position. What does that look like? What does that mean? Money is one thing. I'm sure they can restructure and move money around on the books and, you know, make it look pretty and squeeze things in. But I think the biggest thing for me, Evan, is simply Kyle Shanahan's track record with running backs. One, his running backs tend to get injured. It's probably just a bad luck thing. Um, It's probably, you know, nothing to do with Kyle Shanahan, nothing to do with his scheme, nothing to do with anything. I'm not leveling any sort of accusations here. But you just look back through the last number of seasons, Kyle Shanahan's running backs get hurt. They do not play a full season. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, guess what? He gets hurt. He does not play a full offseason. I kind of was joking earlier around the office. You might have heard it, Evan. But if Christian McCaffrey was a 49er, I am convinced that on his first carry, he would pull a hamstring and, and miss three weeks after that. Like, it's just it's just the way that things tend to happen for this position for the 49ers and for Christian McCaffrey. And then the other thing is, despite all those injuries, the 49ers have still been able to produce a lot with the running game. Whether it was, you know, Matt Breida years ago, Raheem Mostert, who the team pulled out of a scrap heap that scrap heap that no one else wanted, whether it's Jeff Wilson Jr. this year, whether it's Elijah Mitchell, you know, a, a late round pick in the 2021 NFL draft who became, you know, one of the best Niners rookie running backs ever. It does not matter who's at running back for the 49ers. They will be successful. Is Christian McCaffrey in a vacuum better than their other options? Yes, of course he is. He's an otherworldly talent. But is the difference in production from a guy that's making the veteran minimum to a superstar running back and Christian McCaffrey who's being paid like a superstar, is the difference worth that much cash? I would say no. I think this Niner team uh, is better spending their money elsewhere. Yeah, I am with you. I do believe that for Christian McCaffrey this year, that would absolutely make them a better team. I wouldn't assume that he's going to get hurt just because you can't assume things. 
Uh, but if you do want to look at the money, the next three years, his cap hit is 19 and a half, 19 and a half, 15 and a half. That's money That's that needs money. to go elsewhere. Uh, also, if I'm looking at the second and fourth round picks for the 49ers, I know everyone, especially last year, kind of made a fact out of the, you know, the issue that they didn't really hit on a lot of their top picks. Um, but if I'm looking at their second and fourth rounders this year, I'm looking at Drake Jackson. It looks like a pretty decent player out of USC. I'm looking at Spencer Burford out of Texas San Antonio, who's been pretty good on the offensive line this He's year. good. So there is some capital that is would be leaving that even though you'd get the immediate upgrade, I think it would make you a better football team if your goal is to go all in and win this year. Um, I think that as far as how they've drafted in recent years, there's certainly been some some reason to expect that you would lose potential impact players down the line if you gave up a second and a fourth. So that's the reason that I would personally not trade for Christian McCaffrey, although it would be Oh, I'd be so excited to watch him on Sunday. My God. It, um, it would be wild. <laughs> uh, the, the last part of this episode, uh, I don't know if we'll make this kind of a normal thing, Mark, but I do want to try and look at uh, specifically a couple of plays. I know you, you have one set up. Um, and I wanted to, with access now to all 22, kind of take a look at some film that we'll post on social media alongside the breakdown itself and specifically look at George Kittle, because to me, that was a player that both of us had keyed in on, on the Monday night football game against the Rams. He wasn't as involved against Carolina. He was involved, especially early and particularly on the first drive of that game was featured heavily for the 49ers. And to me explained why he is so valuable. We saw on Monday night football this week, Travis Kelsey catch four touchdowns. Everyone comes in on Tuesday and says, Hey, what's up with George Kittle? Travis Kelsey's catching balls left and right. What's going on? Well, this is exactly what he does. First play of the game for the 49ers. Two tight end set, one wide receiver. Kittle is flanking the left tackle. He sort of drags behind the line in a play that is obviously created for Kittle, designated for him to get in space. It ends up only being a five-yard catch because Shaq Thompson, shout out Sacramento and Grant Union High School, kind of chipped them coming off of the line. But Jimmy Garoppolo rolls out where the play is going left. He's wide open in the flat, gets in the ball underneath, and is able to scamper for a nice little gain on first down. Then two plays later, third and sixth from the 29-yard line. They go to uh, the 11 personnel, right? So one tight end, one right, uh, one running back, three wide receivers. Kittle, who's still got his hand in the dirt, mind you, as he did on the first play, is matched up with a safety. Justin Burris, about six foot, 210 pounds, can run. Okay, Kittle's 6'4", 250. Remember this because he runs a corner route to the outside, about 15, 20 yards, clears out on the way, mind you, linebacker Corey Littleton. So if Jimmy Garoppolo wanted the throw to the flat for use check, Kittle is creating that route by himself. Instead, Garoppolo, as we highlighted on our first show this week on Monday, having faith and trust in his weapons on the outside, floats a beautiful ball to Kittle in which he's able to demonstrate the hands that everyone knows him to have but haven't been featured as much in the offense, as well as the toe tap on the outside. So on that same play, we see a block, we see speed, we see footwork, and we see hands from George Kittle. Then two plays later on the drive, the one that everyone's going to point to that produced eventually the seven points on the Tevin Coleman touchdown catch, a 41-yard run by Jeff Wilson Jr. And this time it's out of the shotgun. The majority of the offensive line pulls right, along with George Kittle, who's on that left side. The only guard, Spencer Burford, along with Juszczyk, through the backfield kind of uh, – 
pole left along with Kittle. And as they're selling the run to the right, Kittle immediately gets to the second level. Although Juszczyk, along with Burford, create the initial space for Jeff Wilson, the final cut is created by George Kittle that frees Jeff Wilson Jr. that gets him into the clear. So he follows Juice in the, in the backfield, but then is eventually sprung by Kittle, who absolutely eliminates Littleton. On the second level, the the linebacker coming from the weak side that's following Jeff Wilson Jr. the entire way, he plugs him. Jeff Wilson is into the clear, scampers for 41 yards, and then a couple of plays later, you set up the touchdown to Tevin Coleman. So on that initial drive that produced seven points, they gave 49ers the first score of the game. You're looking at a catch that's short a catch that's dynamic, and a block all on the same drive, which is exactly why George Kittle is so valuable to this team as both a route runner, a pass catcher, as well as a blocker. I just thought it was the ultimate display from both Shanahan as well as Kittle how to use a very valuable tight end that people have thought demands to get more into the offense. Good breakdown, Evan. I I think just listening to you there, the number of times, obviously you were focusing on Kittle, but the number of times you said Kittle and Juszczyk, I think it just... Um, you know, kind of solidifies how important they are to this offense, whether or not they're touching the ball. And I think specifically Kyle Juszczyk, and, and he's a big uh, part of the play that, that I wanted to break down. This is just a simple I formation for the 49ers. Garoppolo under center. Jeff Wilson Jr. is the running back, and and uh, Kyle Juszczyk is the fullback. You're looking from the offense's side, and uh, uh, George Kittle was lined up on the right side of the line. And what this play is, it's a fake pitch uh but they still you know it's a fake toss but they still do toss the ball to jeff wilson but they just run it up inside so on the snap uh kyle Juszczyk, he takes a couple of hard steps to the left so does jeff wilson jr they're really selling the toss out wide to the left and then suddenly you actually see kyle Juszczyk kind of cut back in moving backwards over to the right before the ball is even tossed but what this does is you get the two linebackers for the Panthers they are running hard to the left trying to cover that toss left that they're seeing that their eyes are telling them is coming to Jeff Wilson Jr. you suddenly open up the entire right side of the field and it's a a soft pitch on the inside not nearly as as far out to the sideline as a normal toss is an inside toss to Jeff Wilson Jr. And he follows right behind uh, Kyle Juszczyk, who is cutting again across the formation. All of the offensive line is blocking left. The only people moving to the right, Juszczyk and Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, the ball carrier. Juszczyk seals off the edge. George Kittle, who was already on that side of the line of scrimmage, he comes off on the inside, you know, kind of double teaming and sealing off the edge from the offensive linemen that are doing a great job blocking the play. Mike McGlinchey and, and Aaron Banks on that right side of the line. And then suddenly a hole opens up and Jeff Wilson Jr. gets a really nice gain. It's, it's something we talked about last week as well. And, and something you touched on just a couple of moments ago, Evan, the uniqueness of this Kyle Shanahan offense. We saw them run that kind of fake toss, kind of an inside toss, inside pitch to Jeff Wilson Jr. many times, and we've seen it before. It's, it was not new on Sunday in Carolina, but the fact that Kyle Shanahan is kind of bringing out some of these more unique run plays with more regularity, and he's trusting his offensive line to do the dirty work, and he's relying on George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk to clean up and finish off the plays, 
And then, of course, you know, the end-all be-all is, is Jeff Wilson is reading the plays well. He's hitting the holes, and he's making good cuts and, and getting good gains. It's all coming together for this 49ers run game. You have to credit Kyle Shanahan for designing and calling these plays. You have to credit a young offensive line. I mean, Jalen Moore out there replacing Trent Williams. He has been, I think, better than most people expected. And then well, you were talking about George Kittle and, and then Kyle Juszczyk as well. I mean, this run game uh, is is really clicking now. And a big part of it is is obviously all the players executing, but we are seeing Kyle Shanahan dig deeper and deeper into his plays, into his bag of tricks. And uh, right now it's been working. Well, we're going to dig deeper into the week six matchup coming up on Friday. That is our last episode of the week before the San Francisco 49ers, who are already on the East Coast, head a little bit further south to Atlanta to take on the Falcons after their week five victory against Carolina. And so stay on the lookout for that episode. But that concludes our midweek episode. Mark Grandy, as always, thank you so much. We appreciate the insight and... The breakdown. I, I I do think this could be something that might become a little more regular in our in our midweek episodes. I don't know about you, but you know, whenever I see you know a breakdown, a film breakdown, like especially from NFL veterans. I mean, Brian Baldinger, who's a normal on ninety-five-seven of the game, he is just by far the best at it. It doesn't matter what I'm doing; I will stop and, and watch that two-minute video. They're just they're just the best. So. Yeah, I hopefully, hopefully we did it justice, and uh, hopefully we continue to do the 415ers podcast justice as we say goodbye for this episode. We'll talk to you again on Friday. Make sure to download, rate, and subscribe. Five stars as always. Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy saying so long from the 415ers. We'll talk to you next time.